It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Washington Football with your host of the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast, David Harrison and Chris Russell. Find Chris over on Twitter at RussellMedia621, at the Team 980 and at 106.7 The Fan in Washington, D.C. And covering your Washington football team for Sports Illustrated, find me at DHarrison82 on Twitter. Also find me four days a week covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the Locked On Bucks podcast and at BucksNation.com, part of SB Nation. And then find the show at Locked WFT Pod. Today's episode of Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get twenty percent off your next order. Chris, good to good to talk to you again. Good to speak to you again. I'm I'm happy that we get to churn out some more content for our audience. How was your weekend? Uh, first and foremost, yeah, David, good to be with you again. Uh, happy, uh, I guess Monday uh, to you and to everyone. Hope everybody had a good weekend out there. It was pretty. I got to be honest with you, it was my first weekend where I didn't have any major, major, major news going on with the Washington football team, Uh, didn't have to do a radio show. Obviously, we recorded our last episode uh, of this podcast on Thursday night into Friday morning, Uh, so it was kind of recharge the battery time watched a lot of hockey gambled a bit on uh on bet online and uh and and had some fun yeah sounds good and yeah i've had a very quiet two days and i mean you you can't you can't take those for granted and you can't always get them so you definitely want to take those absolutely as you can my family and i have been binge watching hell's kitchen i don't know if you ever i have not checked that out but is it, it i i assume it's highly worthy of my time yeah i mean we we love it i don't know i love gordon ramsay like one of my one of my bucket list items is to get cussed out by gordon ramsay someday <laughs> i don't even care what it's for um but yeah my kids and i and my wife we, we sit on the couch and we watch it and, and and what we like to do is on the very first episode we pick a, a contestant and that's our contestant like that's our competitor for the season and then we see whose competitor gets furthest into the season so it's pretty fun it's like a nascar when you're looking for our guy you know oh that's my driver oh i like his you know sponsor (laughs) i like his uniform whatever and speaking of nascar just a quick note on that how about the nascar weekend for coach joe gibbs and joe gibbs racing uh his grandson winning in the uh, race on saturday uh late afternoon in his first race at daytona and then on sunday they won the road course race uh for joe gibbs racing so congratulations uh, to Coach Joe. Anytime that man does anything, it pretty much turns uh, to gold as Washington football fans slash Redskins fans know so, so well. Now, if only, if only Ron Rivera could do the same. Absolutely. And, uh, of course, that's what we're going to be talking about all season is what's the next step for the Ron Rivera-led Washington football team. And we've been talking a lot about quarterbacks, but there's also a group of guys in front of the quarterback that are just as important, if not more important sometimes, than the actual guy taking snaps. And we had a new development with Brandon Scherf over the weekend. So, Chris, why don't you go ahead and update the listeners on what's going on there? 
Yeah. So, so basically, uh, you know, this is more, I would call it David rumor slash speculation slash setting the table. I don't think there's anything earth shattering here, anything that we really didn't know about. Um, Brandon Sheriff has said repeatedly, he wants to come back. He wants to play with the Washington football team. Ron Rivera has certainly indicated they would love to have him back. The full feeling is that Brandon Sheriff will be back, but Nikki Jabala, the Washington post uh, wrote a column late on uh, I guess Sunday afternoon, uh, you know, saying that uh, people familiar with the situation said Washington could use the franchise tag again on Sheriff, but that the organization appears more interested in signing him long term. So, uh, again, that is not a surprise to anyone that's been paying attention to this. We've talked about it on the podcast, I think, before you joined us, David, a couple of weeks ago. Maybe not together, but we're going to be talking about this hot and heavy, obviously, over the next a couple of weeks as the franchise tag window uh, comes in. And I guess we'll just start there and I'll ask you, I mean, clearly I I would think a long-term contract is probably in the best interests of anybody, but let me phrase it like this because the long-term contract, obviously you got to figure out the money and the guarantees and all that stuff. Would you have a problem? Would you have a problem if Washington had to use the franchise tag for a second year in a row on Brandon Sheriff. Uh, I mean, it, it's one of those things where he's he's the kind of player that you definitely want to lock into your franchise for a long period of time. Having to use a franchise tag two years in a row on him, obviously, just it just jacks up the price. I mean, for those who don't know out there, you know, you use a franchise tag one year. The next year, you're not just getting the standard franchise tag cost. You haven't accelerated an increased cost because you're using it again. And that's, you know, it's, it's part of the CBA. It's designed from the NFLPA to kind of discourage teams from doing quite frankly what this franchise did to Kirk Cousins and kind of keep him on the mm-hmm. one year tag, one year tag, one year tag. These guys are going out there and there's a lot of physicality going on, especially in the trenches. So you can understand why a guy like like Brandon Scherf would want a long term deal. And if you're if you're me and you're Washington football, I don't see why you don't want a long term deal. My question really, Chris, I guess is why didn't the, you know if he says he wants to stay in the franchise, why didn't this get done last year where where a long term deal could have gotten done? Was it a cap situation again, not being on the beat in 2019, right. going into 2020? I don't really know all the details of that, so I'm kind of confused as to why it sounds like both sides really want to do this thing for a while uh, for for you know for his career and for this team. So I'm kind of confused as to why it hasn't already happened, but. At the end of the day, when you're talking, especially offensive line, like if that's what it comes down to, for whatever reason, you just can't meet on a dollar sign or amount of years or or whatever it is. Uh, if you have to levy the tag to keep a guy that valuable on your roster, then I think you absolutely have to do it. So I wouldn't be upset that they that they have to use the tag again. I would be a little disappointed that they couldn't come together and get a long term deal done. Yeah. So a couple of things there. Uh, I'll just rewind the clock. When Ron took over, he made it very clear that. You know, anybody that wanted a new contract or wanted more money or wanted an adjustment, i.e. a Quentin Dunbar, a Trent Williams situation that he was going to have to and his coaching staff was going to have to get to know these guys first. Right. So last year's decision was not surprising to me at all. What was a little bit surprising, if I'm being honest with you, and it's still surprising to me, is that it seems like the sides are pretty far apart. And on top of that. If, if Nikki's words uh, are, are accurate and correct, they haven't even begun negotiations for this come around. I actually like the idea that Ron said, hey, before we give anybody any new long-term deals, I'm going to mm-hmm. get to know you. I actually, I really like that. And uh, Brandon is the kind of guy that I think he is. He probably appreciated the opportunity too. But this is kind of that time now where, 
hey, coach, you know, I understand where you're coming from. I respect that, but I went through that. I showed you who I am. I showed you who I can be for this team. Now's the time to kind of keep your word now, and now you know me, so what's what's the holdup now? Um, if they haven't even come to the table yet, it tells me that, the, that they either – don't intend on bringing it back, which I would find very hard to believe, or they already they already plan on using the tag. And honestly, in in some aspects, from a general manager and from a from a cap management management standpoint, that almost makes their life easier. They, if they know essentially what they're going to end up paying Brandon for the for the 2021 season, then they can go into it and they can understand their salary cap from a holistic point of view. And that's that deadline that I was you know kind of referring to. Yeah. And once you get past that, you can't then negotiate. Exactly. But you can negotiate as soon as the season ends. And yeah. that's why it's kind of disappointing that quite honestly, we're sitting here and it's February 22nd, David. Yeah. And according to, again, Nikki Javala, the post, they haven't begun to go like, like my, my train of thought is what are you waiting for? And that kind yeah. of speaks to what you were just saying, which is maybe they've already made their decision yep. that they're going to slap the second franchise tag on them. And that's kind of where I'm going with it. Like playing devil's advocate, right. From a, from a cap management standpoint, like if I know here's what I'm paying Brandon, cause I'm putting the tag on him. Mm-hmm. Now that allows me the maximum opportunity to look at the rest of the landscape with the mm-hmm. players that we have on roster that we might get rid of. And the players that we're looking to maybe sign in free agency. And then once free agency is done, I can relook at my numbers a lot. What I know I'm going to need to a lot for the draft, uh, you know, the draft salaries that we're going to incur through the NFL draft. And now I can come to the table. If there's enough money, I can come to the table with Brandon and say, okay, listen, here's how much money we got left. Let's talk Turkey. And you are, you're probably paying him that salary cap number this year because you put him through that. So you're going to give him that guaranteed money this year. And then, like you said, you're going to tack on another three years of guaranteed money, or we can come do it and say, you know what? We've got enough cap space. Now let's go ahead and drop the hammer. We're going to eat this dead cap this season. Brandon, we will talk next off season when we have more money to talk about. Yeah, it's really fascinating. Uh, um, you know, especially if you're looking at again, uh, you know, not getting a deal done by that July 15th deadline after giving him the franchise tag, and then trying to see, okay, can we do another long-term deal? Because again, I've already paid so much guaranteed money for 2020 and then 2021. Do I really want to spend another boatload uh, from 2022 and beyond, especially for an injury-prone guy? And and make no mistake about it. I mean, Brandon missed you know, three games, three and a half games uh, early in, in 2020, but he missed five in 2019, eight in 2018, mm-hmm. and there was two in 2017. So, I mean, he's not a 16-game uh, guy. And I know there were plenty of people inside the organization that had their concerns, mm-hmm. uh, especially in years past. My point is, is that's a big problem when it comes to Brandon Sheriff or a big issue uh, that they have to solve. And I believe it's probably the number one outstanding issue when it comes to bridging the gap. All that's going to be incredibly interesting to watch, and it's going to obviously have an impact on free agency and the draft. And if our listeners think they know what's going to happen in the NFL draft, there are sure to be some prop bets coming up as we get closer to April. But you don't have to wait till April because right now you can go to betonline.ag and find the fastest and easiest way to bet on all sports action. The NBA, college basketball, and NHL are still in full swing. Baseball is right around the corner. Bet Online even covers awards TV shows and reality TV. They've got real-time updated odds and prop bets on almost anything you can imagine. So betonline.ag has you covered for all the news sources and odds you need, and it's the best way to place your bets. And even better, it's free to sign up. Go to betonline.ag, sign up for a free account using the promo code Locked On, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code Locked On at betonline.ag. When you get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. It's ours, Peter Bukowski. He hosts a breakdown of the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Chris, kicking off segment two, uh, back to the quarterbacks, I guess, so to speak. We've been talking about the quarterback situations going on around the NFL, and one of those prominent names, of course, has been Dak Prescott, quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, who may or may not be returning to the Dallas Cowboys in this next season or in the future, depending on what happens there. Uh, Whether Dak returns to, or whether Dak comes to Washington or if he goes anywhere else, if he leaves Dallas, that's going to be huge news for the Washington football team and for fans of the Washington football team franchise. Recently, another Cowboy that fans of, of this team may not have the greatest memories of Michael Irvin, he talked about Dak Prescott and other quarterback situations on his own podcast, the Michael Irvin podcast, MIP, and we've got some audio of that conversation right now. Confused with what's going on with Russell Wilson. I, I, I don't know if this is uh, uh, coming down to going to be a contract situation with Russell Wilson. You know, when he signed, he was the highest paid at 35. Of course, the last couple, two guys that signed, Watson and Mahomes have gone past him. Uh, or is it really just about the power struggle of having some kind of input on what's going on with the football team. I already told you how I feel about that because ultimately Russell Wilson's name is the one we're going to talk about. But I can't fathom. Russell, remember every every interview, what, what did Russell Wilson end it with? Go Hawks. Go Hawks. I mean, he sold the Seahawks better than Pete Carroll and anybody else. Go Hawks. On every interview, other people have picked that up. He started that. And I don't understand why we, it always comes down. And in all of this stuff, it comes down to egos. It comes down to egos, man. That's what's going on with Russell. I told you that's what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. It comes down to egos and, and guys can't work together and power struggles. I watched it with Jimmy and Jerry. We watched it all with Tom and Bill Belichick. And now we're seeing it sprout up. Everywhere. Of course, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are doing it. Now Russell Wilson and the Seahawks are doing it. We, we, we saw the Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles situation. Power struggle there between head coach and quarterback. All of these power struggles. And there's a power struggle with Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones and Dak Prescott representatives. And, and, and this is what I've come to, guys. And I, I just want you to hear this out. And share your thoughts on this. That's what I come to. The part that trips me out is if we're going to have all of this quarterback movement, all of these guys moving around as quarterbacks, then, then isn't it okay? And all of them moving around, and all quarterbacks are going to get paid pretty good money. If you're a top quarterback, you're going to make, let's just say, upwards of $40 million. 
then doesn't it come down to making sure that you get your good team that's in a good market so you can capitalize on all things, on all things. This is why the Dak Prescott thing confuses me. Okay, for what I'm getting, Dak wants $40 million. For what it is, if he plays under the franchise tag, he's going to get 30, about $38 million, $37.5, million. So we're $2 million apart per year. Per year. Say this is a four-year deal, that's $8 million on the high end that you are apart. Say somebody comes to the census and say, well, let's split the baby and go at 39, then really maybe you're talking about $4 million that you're missing out of this. This deal is going to be, uh, if it's a four-year, $160 million deal. Why are we bickering over eight or $4 million? on a $160 million deal. When I see this, this worries me. Because personally, I love having Dak Prescott as my quarterback. I love having Dak Prescott as the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. But this worries me that maybe Dak Prescott won't be the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. All right, well, that was uh, Michael Irvin, Hall of Fame receiver, NFL Network, on Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, and the quarterback situation. David, I, you know, I was a little bit rambling. Um, so what I took from that, I don't know what, what you took from that is, I mean, you hear the alarm in his voice about Dak and his future in Dallas, and I think that is responsible. I think there's nobody that should be of the thought that it is a slam-dunk guarantee that Dak Prescott is coming back to the Cowboys. Um, but what I don't know is if Michael Irvin has a true grasp on the situation. I don't think Dak Prescott is arguing about $4 million or $6 million or even $8 million. I think he wants, my understanding, and we've discussed this, the shorter term so that he could hit free agency again, much like Kirk Cousins did. And when you want shorter term, you want more guaranteed money, almost full guarantees. Maybe you don't get the full guarantee on a four-year deal, but I think Dak would probably rather have a three or four-year deal with it mostly or fully guaranteed so that A, there's no funny money, and B, he can hit free agency again by the time he's, what, 30, 31, or whatever it is. I mean, that's the juxt. I mean, that's the heart of the issue, is it not? Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of what I'm hearing too, and I, and I agree with you. I love Michael Irvin, but man, he rambles on his podcast sometimes. Honestly, hey, listen, I'm I'm guilty of that sometimes too, but you you, you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, honestly, and again, you don't know how close Michael is to this to the situation himself, but you know, he's he's a guy that obviously has connections to the NFL. He kind of knows how the business works, so to speak. It's been a little bit since he's been in there, but um, if if what Michael is saying is is really true, and the, and these two sides are squabbling over four million, five million dollars, even ten million dollars, I kind of have some concerns within you. And and you actually set it up beautifully talking about Brandon Scherf and Ron Rivera and what he said when he took over the team and kind of wanting to know people and everything else. This this really doesn't, and, you know, I, I stopped short of calling Dak Prescott selfish because I don't want to do that, but at, this, at the same time, when you have a quarterback of a team that is is doing so much and making so much an effort to go after to go after so much money and to eat so much of a salary cap and, and guaranteed money and everything else, that really kind of brings into question, I think when you compare him to a coach like Ron Rivera, I don't think Ron is going to want that type of mentality on his roster. I think he wants the mentality – 
more of what a guy like Tom Brady has been, which Tom Brady understands. I can go and make $26 million on my contract, but because I'm a Super Bowl winning quarterback and MVP caliber quarterback, my face is everywhere. Everybody knows who I am. I can go start a business, a TB12 business. I can go, you know, sponsor or uh, be a, a, a spokesman for watches and I can make the other $14 million that I could get on the open market doing that because my team is successful in winning championships. And I think that's kind of the balance that would fit more with a Ron Rivera type of head coach versus the one in Dak Prescott who wants to come out and, you know, potentially eat $40 million in cap space. Well, here's my question to you just as a follow-up to that. And, and I know we don't have a lot of time here, so I'll ask it as briefly as I can. Do you think Dak Prescott is drawing the hard line in the sand mostly and, and, and almost exclusively because he's, he's upset at the Cowboys and because he feels wronged by Jerry and Stephen Jones and the Jones family and the organization that, you know, that he's known and that he's put his body on the line for. And, And yes, they deserve some credit for finding him. Meaning like maybe Dak would be willing to take 35 million per year with the Washington football team or the Chicago bears or another team that's quarterback hungry because he doesn't feel like they've screwed him. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? No, it does make sense. And I mean, you look at last year, I kind of got the feeling last year that really Dak was looking to do what everybody told him he couldn't do because what has Dak Prescott been doing his whole life doing what people told him he couldn't do. That's there's a reason he was drafted in the third round of the NFL draft because he couldn't be a consistent starting NFL quarterback. And he's a guy that likes challenges. And Jerry Jones is the owner that doesn't give in to players ever, no matter what's going on, no matter what the situation is. So Dak was going to be the guy to slay Goliath or tame the beast, whatever you want to call it. And it didn't work. And then he came out and played on this year and said, fine, you know, I'm going to play on this franchise tag, but then you're going to give me my money. You're going to give me my, the contract that I deserve and that I want. And then this happens. And yeah, now if they're trying to shortchange him again, Altogether, he's. I think he's definitely dug his heels in because this is a franchise that he's now shed blood for and taken injury for, and he feels like he's not getting reciprocated in the effort. Um, so, in that vein, you could easily see him go out and get more, or get less money from another team, but be happier doing so, uh, depending on the situation and kind of the unspoken agreements, I suppose, of of you know some some roster decisions, maybe some game plan influence and stuff like that that he would get you know get elsewhere. Maybe the Washington football team could recruit Dak Prescott with a $35 million per year deal and a lifetime supply of built bars that might get it over the top and done. That's what would get me in the door, the 35 million and the lifetime supply of built bars because built bar is awesome. 18 different flavors. And really they're trying all sorts of different things. They got some exciting new products coming that we'll be telling you about in due time, but six new flavors, 12 original nut and nut, not nut. Let me say that again, nut and nut free flavored chocolate bars that taste delicious, that are healthy for you and low in sugar, low in net carbs, low in calories, high in protein, high in fiber. And again, guys, they taste really good. They don't taste like you're not having a chocolate bar. So if you want a chocolate bar that's good for you, there's only one choice and it's Built Bar. Go check them out at BuiltBar.com. You'll see all about it and try it yourself. You'll love it. I promise you. Use the promo code locked on at BuiltBar.com and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, with the promo code locked on, give them a shot at BuiltBar.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I join the Draft Network's Trevor Sycamore and Ben Solak every weekday on the Locked On NFL Draft. Every Monday through Friday, Trevor and Ben break down everything you need to know about the NFL Draft, upcoming prospects, and more through the Draft Scouting Lens. With Mock Draft Mondays, every Monday, get an early look at which top prospects may be available for your team over at Locked On NFL Draft. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, including the Washington Football Team Podcast. All right, Chris, wrapping up this episode, we've got Mock Draft Monday on the board, and we've got a Mock Draft here from the Draft Network crew, uh, specifically Brentley Weissman uh, writing this one up. And, uh, and, you know, some some interesting stuff going on here. He's got three quarterbacks going in the first three picks, the Jaguars, Jets, and Carolina Panthers all finding themselves new quarterbacks. And you go down the list, and, and you get to pick seven, and that's where things take a turn for the best or the worst, depending on which side of the conversation you're going to be on. Uh, as a Washington football team trades up with the Detroit Lions, they get pick number seven overall, while the Detroit Lions take pick 19, pick 51 overall in this year's draft. They get a 2022 first-round pick as well, and then a 2022 fourth-round kicker to make everything just a little bit prettier for the Detroit Lions franchise. And in doing so, the Washington football team selects quarterback Trey Lance out of North Dakota State, the fourth quarterback off the board with the seventh pick in the 2021 NFL draft. Yeah, so... I don't know how you feel, David, but if I'm going to get the the guy who I feel is at best the fourth best quarterback prospect in this draft, and I, I honestly I might be leaning more towards Mac Jones uh, over him. I, I mean, I still haven't made that full decision yet, but I'm more of a pocket passer type guy and an experienced guy. And, you know, we know where Jones came from and, 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 and the deep ball and, and all that good stuff. Uh, I'm not trading up this far for Trey Lance, a guy who played one game in the last year and a half and comes out of that North Dakota state pro, pro uh, you know, program. And I know they've churned out obviously some good talent. Um, you know, I, I, I get it. I, I know the Carson Wentz thing. I got it. But to me, Trey Lance is a developmental guy and maybe he would fit in developing here in Washington uh, with his athleticism and his rocket arm and all of that good stuff. But I, you know, I need somebody that can play like soon and, and, and soon might be like now, like week one. So to me, I can't surrender all of these assets. Like you said, number 19, overall, another second round pick. They just, you know, they haven't had second round picks the last couple of years because of trades, one for Dwayne, uh, one for Montez Sweat because Dwayne Haskins had to be picked um, in 2019. And then, well, the second one was also because uh, of um, the Montez Sweat deal and both going to Indianapolis. So uh, to me, it's, it's the additional first rounder. It's the additional fourth rounder. It's the first and second for a guy that I, quite honestly, I'm not sure what he are, what he is. I know he's a great athlete. I know he could be Patrick Mahomes. I got it. I understand that, but I can't do that right now. No, I'm, I'm 100% with you. Listen, since January of 2020, Trey Lance has played one football game. Um, and, and when you talk about drafting him this high, 
uh, in, in the first round. They're the seventh overall pick. And then the draft capital that you're trading just for the right to do so, uh, it, you know, depending on how, you know, the pandemic and everything else and the precautions go. I mean, his first live, his his next set of live snaps could come in a real life NFL game that counts. You know what I mean? In, in the regular season. And that is a terrible way for a quarterback to, to come into an NFL career, not having played but one game since January of 2020. That's it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And I mean, I, I understand that Trey Lance showed a lot of, of raw ability and a lot of talent and, and all that stuff. And, you know, they, they turned out, you know, that school brought out Carson Wentz and has brought out some other talented players and stuff like that. And, and I don't want to take anything away from them. And you hate to punish guys for things that are out of their control, but the situation is what the situation is. And he's, he's the fourth quarterback in this class. Uh, like you said, there's something that even have him as the fifth. I mean, I've seen some people, and you know, everybody's a draft expert, but some people don't even like him in the first round. Yeah, uh, you know, I heard one draft expert uh, who gets paid to be a draft expert say that in this year's class, Daniel Jones would have been quarterback number two. Yeah. So if, if if I mean, would you trade up? You know, would you trade? Would you trade two first round draft picks, a second round pick, and a fourth round pick for Daniel Jones to to go draft him? I don't think anybody would. So to me, this is just a classic overdrafting of a quarterback over mock drafting of quarterback because, you know, Washington hasn't done this yet. Um, and it's just the overemphasis of the quarterback position. I agree that the quarterback position is the most important position on the field because it can literally make or break your team. But what, what people fail to understand sometimes is you don't have to quarterback that can, you don't have to have a quarterback that can make your team in order to win a championship. Just ask Trent Dilfer, just ask, even honestly, even sometimes Eli Manning, and just ask, you know, Brad Brad Johnson, who won one with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What you need at a minimum is a quarterback that won't break your team, right? So you don't have to go out here and, and sell the farm for for a quarterback like this, uh, you know, to think that you have a chance. And and what, what kills this deal for me even more, Chris, is when you go to pick 19, the, the Detroit Lions end up spending that pick on Quiddy Pay out of, out of Michigan Edge Defender, which I know that Washington doesn't need to spend a first-round mm-hmm. pick on. But guess who else is there? Sam Cosme, offensive tackle, is there from Texas. Uh, Christian Darrisaw, offensive tackle from Virginia Tech. Dylan Raddins, offensive tackle from North Dakota State. Mm-hmm. Linebacker Jeremy owusu Kamara out of Notre Dame. I mean, that's pick number 26. I would almost look at this board and say, why aren't you trading back? Right. Why aren't you trading back and gaining more draft capital? And then it just gets even worse. You go to pick number 51. The Detroit Lions, with that 51st pick that you just gave them, select Aaron Robinson, corner, cornerback out of UCF, who we have talked about on this very show. Mm-hmm. So would you rather have one of those offensive tackles and Aaron Robinson, or would you rather have the fourth quarterback in, in this class who hasn't played but one game since January of 2020? To me, it seems like an easy pick. I don't believe that this is a pick that this team is gonna it would execute, um, you know, I don't work for the draft network, but I hope I'm I'm more correct on that than than this mock draft is. Yeah, I think this reeks of desperation, quite honestly, and and it reeks of just trying to make a mock draft uh, scintillating because every team over pursues a quarterback, and and I get it. I'm not ruling it out. Uh, clearly, if they don't get a bridge quarterback uh, in free agency or through the trade market. I think they certainly could draft a quarterback, but I would hope that they would not uh, be that desperate. We're going to have more conversation, obviously, on this throughout the week. And speaking of the free agent market and the trade market, there's all sorts of speculation and rumors about Ben Roethlisberger, about Ryan Fitzpatrick, about other quarterbacks, again, in the drafts, guys that we haven't even discussed uh, necessarily. We're also going to look into Mitch Trubisky more this week uh, and everything. We've got you covered all week long right here 
on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Uh, we're going to say goodbye for this Mock Draft Monday edition. Thanks to our sponsors, Built Bar and BetOnline.ag. Uh, on behalf of my co-host, David Harrison, who you can uh, tweet at dharrison82, at dharrison82. Listen to him also on the Locked on Bucks podcast with James Yarko and check him out at bucksnation.com. Uh, I'm Chris Russell at WrestleMania621. You can listen to me on the Team 980 Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 and SI.com covering the Washington football team. Thanks for being with us. Uh, and we will see you in the next edition of the Locked on Washington football team podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.